Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. President Biden's comments on the terror attacks in Israel. At least he didn't say, we stand with the Palestinians, like some of our con- congressional members have said. Right. That's, that's what you want to hear out of a, uh, a, a president of the United States. Um, you watched most of the statement that he had to uh, say, what do you think? I mean, I've seen him worse. It was 11 minutes. <laughs> Just 11 minutes, and you know, he didn't say anything that would give you the impression that we don't have Israel's back. We do, we don't. Did he say anything about well, we need to de escalate? No, we need to de escalate as if equating, you know, people have said that we need to de escalate, like as if equating murdering Jewish innocent civilians and Americans is equal on par with murdering Hamas members and going after them. To his credit, Biden actually said the opposite. Israel has the right to defend themselves. Now, he went on to add the caveat that it has to be within the rules of war, but they absolutely have the right to defend themselves. And, of course, he didn't mention Iran, didn't take any questions, walked off the stage. It was only 11 minutes. But, again, the bar has been set so low with Joe, this wasn't his worst outing. Now, here is your president talking about those American hostages being held by Hamas terrorists. We now know that American citizens are among those being held by Hamas. I've directed my team to share intelligence and deploy additional experts from across the United States government to consult with and advise Israeli counterparts on hostage recovery, recovery efforts. See, I, I would disagree with the president on one one point. He said, what did you say? He said, like, they got to operate within the rules of war. I don't know, man. I think, you know, the footage that I've seen and the, the dead babies and the elderly being dragged out of their houses and murdered, and uh, I think the gloves are off at this point. And what you're saying is not hyperbole, and you're not the only one that feels that way. Trey Yinkst is a reporter for Fox who's embedded uh, in Israel, and he's been doing an amazing job. Like, we will call out broadcasters that are awful, that want to make themselves part of the story. You know, sometimes during hurricanes, you see folks on the Weather Channel wearing batting helmets and (laughs) trying to make a little too much of the story. Trey Yinkst gives you the information, and I think he's been doing a great job. This is the tweet that he put out of what's happening. Quote, imagine the worst things possible that can be done to humans. Hamas did all of that and more to Israeli citizens and civilians. Babies beheaded, Mm. people burned alive in their homes, women raped and dragged through the streets. Yeah, I think it's time for the gloves to come off. I think it's probably time to flatten most of the Gaza Strip and... And call it a ball game. So the latest on what's happening is that Israel. Now keep this in mind. We're getting this from you know the Israeli communications department. Israel says they've retaken full control of their border with Good. Gaza three days after these Hamas terrorists broke through a fence to launch their attack. No Hamas terrorists have crossed 
over into Israel since last night. Again, this is from an Israeli spokesperson, although they have added that infiltrations could still be possible. How about some Hamas terrorists? How about some stacking stacking those bodies? What are we talking about there? Glad you bring that up. The bodies of approximately 1,500 Hamas terrorists have been found inside of Israel. Not enough. Now, there's good news, bad news there, right? Good news, dead terrorists. Yeah. Bad news, how many of these people were inside of yeah. Israel? Yeah. I mean, it's chilling when you watch that video of the people at the concert and you see the paratroopers like coming yeah. in. And Yeah, speaking of that, side note, BLM Chicago just tweeted out a meme of a uh, paratrooper... Um, um, it was a paraglider or a parachuter or a paratrooper with the Palestinian flag, and below it it said, quote, we stand with the Palestinians. Oh, yeah, that's a BLM thing. Yeah, they, they used parachutes and paragliders to, to swoop in on a concert and murder and savagely, uh, just savage those people at that concert, at that festival. About 250 people were brutally murdered, yeah. and BLM thinks that's fine. And again, all the folks who have donated, who support... That cause, that organization, you owe a lot of people an apology. And we talked about this yesterday. The big bridge that's down by IUPUI, Indiana University, Indianapolis, whatever they call themselves now. And it says Black Lives Matter across the bridge. And this wasn't something put in graffiti. This was something that was printed and done across a connecting bridge. How would you feel if you're a Jewish student attending IUPUI and you see they're oh, planning a rally on Thursday to support the execution of your people and there's a big bridge on campus that supports that organization? Another thing that's interesting is you see a lot of national media, specifically left-leaning national media, refusing to call this terror. They want to call them Hamas militants or Hamas fighters. And last night, I thought this was fascinating. Dan Abrams, who's not a conservative, mind you. Dan Abrams, you also probably know him from when he hosts the police show on Patrol Live. But he has a show on News Nation. And man, he teed off on MSNBC and their refusal to call this a terror attack. Since Saturday, MSNBC has made 441 references to Hamas militants or or the fighters. They are terrorists, full stop. And MSNBC's pathetic refusal to call them that is just shameful pandering to their far left audience. Now, again, it's important to point out that Dan Abrams is not somebody that you're going to find at a Trump rally. Right. Let's just put it mildly. But even guys like that can see what's yeah, going it, on. It's nice to see, for the most part, there's bipartisan support for Israel. Yeah, you have these pockets of lunatics, including the squad, um, including Andre Carson, including, you know, you've seen demonstrations in New York and uh, Los Angeles and things like that. Um, you know, I saw footage of, I mean, cr- I mean crazy leftist anti-Israel protesters on the steps of the Sydney Opera House chanting gas the Jews. That's what we're dealing with here. And keep in mind, when these Hamas terrorists start chanting, it's twofold. It's death to Israel, death to America. That happens in the very next breath. And you're going to have morons out here on the steps of the Soldiers and Sailors Monument Thursday supporting that. 
the same people that chant death to America, you're going to have Black Lives Matter supporting the rally for the Palestinians and Hamas this Thursday at 530. Unbelievable. Uh, we've got some numbers coming across the border, Nige, and I think this is important because in many ways, this story ties into what's happening with Israel. The attack in Israel happened oh, when it's chilling. guard was down and the Hamas terrorists basically just came through the wall and came in. So internal CBP data and information released shows that there's a lot of folks that have been apprehended by Border Patrol from countries that, for the most part, hate America. They call them special interest aliens, I believe. 538 from Syria, 659 from Iran, 123 from Iraq, 139 from Yemen, 6,386 from Afghanistan. (laughs) 1,613 from Pakistan. You're not talking about the refugees we had imported a few years ago. No. These were apprehended. These were illegal apprehensions at the border. From October 1st, 2021 to October 4th, 2023. So we're talking about a two-year span here. Uh, Uzbekistan, 13,624. Turkey, 30,830. I mean, if you don't think there are people that got into this country illegally trying to plot something similar as to what happened in in Israel, then you are a fool. I mean, there are people actively trying to do the same thing here. I don't know what kind of scale and scope it is, probably not as big as Israel, but it is definitely being planned here as well. Can we skip to the good part? Hello, everybody. My name is Nigel. Hammer's over there. What's a common word that you cannot pronounce? It seems like everyone has at least one common word that they try to avoid because they have trouble pronouncing it. People on social media talking about uh, everyday words that they know they're going to stumble over. Like, for my... uh, just an example for me. I've done it on the air a hundred times. I can never get it right. Politicization. <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still can't get politicization right. I'm the same way, and there's a word that I always try to slow down, but then it gets in my head and I screw it up. Curriculum. Oh, that wasn't bad. You did a good job. Yeah, but I'm looking at the word. If I just yeah, tried to do I it know. off the top of my head, that's, I would butcher it and sound like a hillbilly. But, but I was looking at politicization, and I still screwed it up. Politicization. Curriculum, <laughs> Allison. What's a word, everyday word, that you butcher all the time? Uh, specifically, <laughs> I have to think about it. I always just end up saying specifically, right? Like, ah, so I'm just like never the ocean. Say that word. Yeah, yeah. Specifically. What were some of the other words on this list? Uh, rural, 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 rural. Like I used to. My my old address in Lisbon was Rural Route One. Box 105B, roll route. Mouthful. Roll route. Roll, roll. (laughs) Brewery. I got that one right. I feel comfortable with that one. Marlboro. Now, with this. It's a cigarette. Right. You got to really get the L in there. Marl. I got to say the Marlboro. Marlboro. I can't say Marlboro. No, that's Indiana. That's Liston, Indiana. <laughs> Marlboro. B U R A. Burra. Marlboro. 
Uh, posthumously. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Here's one on this list that <laughs> a lot of people butcher. So it's something you can put on hamburgers, something you can put on steak. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R-S-H-I-R-E. Allison, how would you pronounce that? Worcestershire. <laughs> it's like Allison's five. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah, I don't use that crap anyway, so I hardly ever say it. What about um, uh, proselytize? You know, preaching. I, that's a tough one for me. Another one is, um, and I barely even know what it means, amortization. What? Amortization. Yeah, it's I don't like think I've fi- ever fi- used that in a sentence in my it's, life. It's like a financial d- term about reducing debt. Um, but yeah, uh, certainly politicization for me. I'm not even going to try to use that word anymore. I've butchered it a thousand times on this show. I sound like a friggin' idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> All right, here's last chance. This is my challenge to you with these words in front of you. I want you to put together a sentence that includes the word rural, Marlboro, and politicization. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me the let me do let me do it quite let me do it a little bit differently. The Marlboro Man has been awarded the has has been posthumously awarded the award for Rural Hero of the Year. <laughs> no, you chickened out. You got to put politicization oh. in there. And because it's the cigarette companies, it's been. There's been. I can't do this. I can't even use these words in the right way when I'm using it in a regular <laughs> sentence. I can't do it off the top of my head. What was it the uh, game show host and Billy Madison said? Everyone in this yeah, room is now dumber. I agree. For <laughs> having listened to it. Me this. too. <laughs> Allison, hit me with some legal stuff, please. <laughs> Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. You ever wanted to punch a mascot before? Punch a mascot? No. I like mascots. Why would I do that? Dateline, Colorado. 41-year-old woman in Colorado got arrested for assaulting a mattress store mascot. She walked up, hugged him, and then something happened, and she became aggressive, (laughs) knocked him down, and then stood over him screaming profanities. Well, maybe the mascot touched her in an unsavory fashion. Now, to be fair, he is a mattress, so maybe he invited her to lay on him. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think what kind of, you know, mascot would be for a mattress store. I remember when I worked at the casino, my uh, direct supervisor wanted to hire a mascot for the racetrack that was attached. <laughs> and they wanted to do this stupid horse, because it's horse racing, and they wanted to name him Hoosier Buddy. Right? I like it. Well, then they so showed far, me. The, so good. He asked me for my thoughts on it, and he showed me the picture of it. And keep in mind, this is my boss, but I had to be honest. I'm like, man, I kind of want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, he got mad at me because I wanted to punch his stupid mascot in the face. By the way, uh, big big shout out to um, uh, Big Mike and his son for delivering a new mattress to my house from Thompson Furniture and Mattress oh, in Columbus. There we go. Kind of a uh, kind of a watershed moment in the Laskowski household. We had to we had to get rid of the eleven uh, year old's bunk bed that he's had for about five years. Oh, got him a so big boy single, bed. Single single tear going down Dad's face. Allison, can you come in with Cats in the Cradle next break and uh, see if we can get old Nige to cry a few times? It's the hammering night. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Digital show. <laughs> and the cats in the cradle and the by the way, I like the ugly kid Joe version better. Boom! That's a hot take right there. That's a bad take. <laughs> this is a really bad take. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, who's like a rockin' band that says, you know what we need to do? Is a really updated version of like one of the saddest songs of all time. Cats in the Cradle. From the band that brought you I Hate Everything About You, here's Cats in the Cradle. In my mind, the guys of Ugly Kid Joe are sitting around the garage, they're cracking a few beers. <laughs> hey, you know who rocks? Harry Chapin. <laughs> they did well with it back in the day, they did. from what I remember. They did well. Uh, my name is Nigel. That's Hammer over there. And I got to be honest with you, with what happened in Israel, uh, you know, the largest single day loss of, of Jewish, Jewish life since the Holocaust, I kind of checked out of the whole Speaker of the House thing. And quite honestly, I wasn't invested in it to begin with. I don't care if it's Kevin McCarthy or Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan, but it's probably pretty important that they install somebody as soon as possible because you can't make a lot of moves, especially with what happened in Israel without a Speaker of the House. You're right, but I want to backtrack just a little bit. So you don't think there's a difference between Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan? Because I would disagree on that. I feel like Jim Jordan is a guy that could rally things, and he's not afraid to be a bit of a flamethrower. Yeah, I I thought Kevin McCarthy came around in terms of his swampiness. Yes. I I, I thought he came around because he he was a swamp creature. I think he still is. Like, if that was true, he was trying to do a back alley deal to give the Democrats more funding to Ukraine without members of the Republican Party knowing about it. Yeah, if that's true, if that happened, then then I understand. And if he wasn't living up to his bargain that he had with the Gang of Eight, then yeah. So what's going to I'm just not invested in it. Okay, but what's going to happen today is that the House Republicans are taking their kind of first baby steps into electing a new speaker. So Jordan and Steve Scalise, they're going to make their case as to why they should be the leaders at this closed door event that the Republicans are having. And then after the meeting today, the Republicans are expected to have this private secret ballot election tomorrow to see how close they are to electing a speaker because what they don't want to have happen was the chaos (laughs) of the last time where you're doing this stuff on the fly and 15 votes later you're still trying to pick a speaker five days later (laughs) right 15 votes in five days so the secret ballot will happen tomorrow after the meetings today so secret it's like the worst episode of survivor ever (laughs) isn't it (laughs) Instead of like voting for who you want, yeah. you know, who are you going to yeah. write down that you're going to kick out of Congress? Oh. <laughs> now, I would be here for that. Put that on television. Like if you had a closed door for meeting that, yeah. and then you broadcast it somehow, one member of Congress is getting kicked out. <laughs> He's getting voted off the island. Um, this is wild. So Penn State University in the Big Ten, they canceled a woman's day speech on their campus which was expected to feature riley Gaines. 
the Kentucky swimmer who's made a name for herself trying to be a champion for women's sports where women don't have to compete against dudes. Penn State's president released a video at first saying, hey, on this campus, you know, we believe in the First Amendment, rabble, rabble, rabble. You might not like some of the speakers, but they're welcome at Penn State. I have no doubt that we will once again encounter speakers that many will consider controversial, either because their views are not widely held or because a speaker espouses ideas that are actively hateful. I share the concern (laughs) of those who believe the messages spread by some individuals are not only offensive, but deeply hurtful. And again, I stand in unity with those who condemn such speakers and their rhetoric. You may ask if so many individuals, including the president of the university, find these speakers so objectionable, why can't we just ban them from our campuses? First, as a public university, Penn State University is bound by the First Amendment because the same laws or regulations used to silence bigots can be used to silence you. I mean, it's actually speaking directly to Riley Gaines. Calling her a bigot. And this is, by the way, this is important too because didn't 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 Leah Thomas, the the biological man that beat Riley Gaines, go to Penn? Went to Penn, Penn not State. Penn State. Oh, University of Pennsylvania. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but Riley Gaines somehow became a bigot in this yeah. for saying <laughs> women should compete against women, not women with male genitalia and male DNA. And somehow the president of Penn State. Did you catch that one statement where it basically, she made it sound like the First Amendment was unfortunately something they have to abide by. <laughs> so there was a, an audible sigh, like a groan. <laughs> but we've got Ugh. that stupid ass First Amendment, Amendment and we're going to have to hear some of these bigots you don't want. So that was the video put out. And then shortly after that, they canceled the speech anyway. So Riley Gaines wait, wait, she was, at this she, event was what? canceled. What? Okay. Why even put that out there then? So that went out first. And then when the student body was so triggered that Riley Gaines might come and speak to people that would want to hear her message, they got the university to shut it down. But this is what's great. Hmm. Riley Gaines has said she's going to show up to Penn State's campus tonight and deliver her speech with a megaphone in the quad. Good. So if anybody would like to hear Riley Gaines' <laughs> message, she will not be silenced by Penn State University. Okay. You want to see real bigoted, hateful, violent rhetoric. You watch some of those protesters that show up at her rally. Right. That's where the hate, hateful rhetoric comes from. And it's not even a rally. She's not doing a rally. She's talking right. about how women have to protect women. That's the genesis of her message. <laughs> That's all that it is. And that freaks people out. We had Riley Gaines on our show about a month ago, and we asked her about some of these lunatics that show up to protest against her. What's with all the hate and vitriol with this subject coming from the, the, not only the trans community, from the left in general? Well, they resort to vitriol and name calling and violence and all of those things because it's all they have on their side. They can't dissuade from our argument. Uh, because on our argument, on our side, on my side, um, I, I won't put words into y'all's mouth, but on my side, we have 
truth. We have common sense. We have logic. We have reasoning. We have history. We have um, science, right? And, and notice they only like to say follow the science when it when it fits their narrative. Right, right. Um, and, and that's why they resort to the things they do. But you have to realize it's merely name-calling. It's nothing that should stick. Look, I get called a white supremacist for fighting for women's sports. It's like, what? Where would you even draw this conclusion from? But they do. Um, and so the name calling is certainly there, but I'll be the first to say, the first to say that the support is tenfold anything negative that I receive. So I hope she shows up to Penn State with a microphone, a megaphone, and delivers her message. She's fearless, man. I will give Riley Gaines credit for that. She's been at some speeches where they have tried to attack her, grab her. She's been, like, locked in a safe room for a little while. The peaceful, tolerant left? I know. It's very Hmm. unbecoming of them. So where are we at with this? So ever since Dianne Feinstein passed away, there have been people trying to lobby to win her seat in the Senate. One of the people running is California House Rep, Democrat Adam Schiff. Little pencil neck Adam Schiff. (laughs) You remember him, right? He's the Um, one with all the Russian collusion. Yeah, he had all the evidence back in his house, right. underneath his bed. I've got, I've seen the evidence it's, of the Russian collusion. It's in his tool shed, I yeah. believe. There's even more out there. Well, he's probably going to be the Democrat. How about this for the Republican candidate? Baseball legend Steve Garvey wants in the mix. Garvey, 74 years old, he's going to launch a bid to be the Republican nominee. And he released a statement saying, quote, I never played for Democrats, Republicans or independents. I played for all of you. So it's an uphill battle. It's a name for Garvey. But keep in mind, you know, Bruce Jenner which later became Caitlyn Jenner, was also a name in California that tried to get into politics and didn't really take off. Yeah, but, I mean, Garvey, I mean, he's a hero in California, right? He played for the the Dodgers and the Padres. Yep, had the big forearms, right? That was his thing, and uh, had a lot of success in that state as a baseball player, but you're going up against the Democratic machine, and they love Adam Schiff because Adam Schiff is the guy that is kind of their useful idiot. You can throw him up there to say he's got all the evidence of Russian collusion, narrator, but he never had evidence of Russian collusion. I mean, he's their puppet. He'll say whatever they want, so he's kind of the golden boy in a state that's very blue. Uh, Nige, before we hit a break here, I want to get your thoughts on something that I saw on social media. Yes. We like to play fun cover songs and duets and mashups on this program. One of your favorite bands of all time is the Foo Fighters, sure. correct? Yeah. So, just, just announced a tour for next summer, not coming anywhere near indie. Sucks. <laughs> well, they were part of this big music festival in Texas over the weekend. And Shania Twain jumped on stage with the Foo Fighters to do the best. So take a listen to this. Again, this was from somebody's recorded phone, so it's not like great quality. But this is Shania Twain with the Foo Fighters on stage in Texas over the weekend. Oh, yeah. 
Whoa. Did I do anything for you, Nudge? Uh, I mean, they're in Texas, right? Um, I, I don't know where Shania Twain is from. Where is she from? Canada. I, I don't, I don't she's think, from Canada. Yeah, she's, she's Canadian. I don't know that that really would have impressed me much. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. That don't impress me much, as uh, Shania Twain once said. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. And let's do some Halloween stuff. Pumpkins. Candy. Costumes. Halloween stuff. Are couples' costumes cute or cringy? Cringy. Every one of them? No matter what? Every one of them. There's a survey that says Ken and Barbie are going to be the best couples' costumes for 2023, especially with the popularity of the Barbie movie. So you're going to see a lot of Ken and Barbie uh, duos at uh, Halloween parties, followed by Mario and Luigi. Okay. Now, if we're talking about legitimate couples costumes right not like a couple people trying to be funny like the couples that really feel like they're trying to be cute they're all cringy but there was a couple that brought their kids to our house a couple years ago it was the uh, election of 2016 and it was halloween kids knock on the door they've got their costumes on the parents walk up it's trump and hillary <laughs> <laughs> and by the way i think there's a difference between kids costumes and going to an adult halloween party an adult right. halloween and let me tell you something forget ken and barbie the most popular adult uh, couples halloween costume this year will be a guy in a travis kelsey jersey and taylor swift oh you are so right the Kelsey the Taylor Swift, Swift dress, what kind of whatever she dresses on stage. A lot Does of trailer showing up to the houses for Halloween this year. <laughs> yeah. Travis and Taylor trailer. I will say that the best couples costume at an adult party I've seen was uh, a league of their own. The Tom Hanks the coach and one of the players. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense. I yeah. like that one. I thought that was pretty creative. And another one was um, this guy's dressed up like a pirate holding Captain Morgan's, and his wife had a Coke suit on. Oh, like a can Captain of Coke. And Coke. Can of Coke. So I thought that was that was good. The, but the but you know the, it is cringy too. Like when they show up as ketchup and mustard. Right. <laughs> Mickey and Minnie. Oh, yeah. I did see a great couple's costume. I'll, I'll tip my hat to this All one. All right. The, the female had like a fake uh, mustache on, and the guy was on the other end, and they had a mannequin in the middle. It was Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what, you know when the couples really get lazy and they can't think of anything? Adult couples showing up to Halloween parties is hippies yeah you have lost it yeah i'd rather just have the usual favorites like the slutty cats slutty tony cats if you're a guy (laughs) you know that would be a great couple's costume right there the lady is wearing the skanky cat and the guy is wearing skanky tony cats he's got flip-flops on he's got a big cigar and a bottle of bourbon Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! All right, Hammer. Remind everybody who Rob Malley is. Rob Malley. 
Joe Biden's hand-picked special envoy to Iran Mm -hmm. remains under investigation for mishandling classified documents, allegedly aiding an Iranian-backed influence operation in the United States. Now, this is important because... Many media outlets, including the Wall Street Journal, which last time I checked was not Fox News, was not Breitbart, was not One America. The Wall Street Journal has confirmed that the Iranians had a hand in assisting these terrorists murder innocent people in Israel. David Spunce is a reporter for Fox News. He covers the State Department. Mali was a U.S. special envoy for Iran, someone known in the Biden administration as someone who wanted to revive the Iran nuclear deal. I say was a special envoy because, as you mentioned, his security clearance has been suspended. He's currently under FBI investigation and has been for several months. He has extensive experience when it comes to U.S.-Iranian affairs. Critics say he engaged top Iranian officials, drawing concern from others in the Biden administration, specifically the Department of State. The reporting from Semaphore alleges that a review of Iranian government emails show that Mali was the target of a possible Iranian intelligence operation aimed at harming the U.S. government. Fox News not independently confirmed this fact, but a State Department spokesman, Matt Miller, said even members of Congress with security clearances are not able to learn anything more about this probe. Did I catch a harming the United States government in there, Nash? Oh, yeah. And by affected citizens as well. And the reason this is important, not only is there basically a paper trail connecting Iran with Hamas terrorists, but it also goes to show how lax Joe Biden is on national security. So you've got this going on where the United States government could be compromised by a guy who may or may not have been a spy for Iran. And this report that came out today, the Biden administration failing to track millions, millions of illegal immigrants. Oh, you don't say, huh? Don Jr., your thoughts? No, sh- <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? If I don't laugh, I had I'll no cry. Idea. Oh, man. I just... 61-page <laughs> report from the House Judiciary Committee points to how the Biden administration is failing to monitor those who have crossed over into the southern border. The number of illegal alien encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border exceeded 2.2 million in the first 11 months of fiscal year 2023. Now, Nige, do you think 2.2 million people is enough to cause harm to the United States if indeed they wanted to do so? I think that's that number is quite enough. And if you think there are people that have crossed the border illegally that are here right now, and they they're if you don't think they're planning the same style of attacks as happened in Israel, you're crazy. I, it chills me to the bone. I mean, 1.7 million gotaways since Biden has taken off. I'd say you know what? I, I don't think it's it might not be Iran or China is the biggest threat to America right now. I think it's Joe Biden. How about this? Does this make you sleep well at night? The number of folks apprehended on the terror watch list at the border. Okay, so let's start from 2017 and move forward. 2017, 2. 2018, 6. 2019, 0. Hmm, that's when Trump was president. And then 2020, 3. 
21, 15. And now we're looking at last year, 98. And this year, fiscal year 23, 151 people whose names have appeared on the terror watch list. John Kirby is the United States National Security Council coordinator for strategic communications. He was asked about the potential terror attacks in the United States as a result of Joe Biden's strategy at the border. 151 people on the terror watch list have crossed our southern border. Given the fact that U.S. and Israeli intelligence did not pick up on this terrorist attack that happened in Israel, what is being done to lock down those individuals who now are somewhere in the United States? I don't have any specific uh, law enforcement actions to speak to today. Obviously, uh, we monitor threats uh, to our national security from inside and outside the country, uh, all in real time. Uh, Law enforcement uh, and intelligence community are are, are watching as closely as they can and monitoring this. Uh, I would say, look, there's going to be a time and a place for us to take a look at the intel picture and uh, what was known, what wasn't known. That's not the time now. The time now is to support Israel and make sure they have what they need. But are we more concerned about attacks along? these lines by terrorists here in the United States, given that we have 151 new people in the country who stuck across the southern border. Always concerned about terrorist attacks on the American people here at home. Uh, That hasn't changed since 9-11. It's not going to change under this administration. 151 terror watch list suspects so far. That's only the ones we know about. Right. That's the ones we know about. There's what, what I say, 1.5, 1.7 million gotaways. Yes. Those aren't the people that are using the Pathway to Legal Citizenship app that are, that are, that are you know, uh, getting court dates and told to return in four years. These are people that don't want to be caught. These are people that want to do Americans harm. And I guarantee there are people, whether it be uh, a mass attack like the one that happened in Israel or lone wolf attacks or coordinated lone wolf attacks in several different cities at the same time. Time on the same day, you don't think that's coming? And there's enough soft targets in this country oh for them to do harm. Gun-free zones, schools. So again, I think everybody needs to have a little bit of a head on the swivel between now and November of 2024, or even January of 2025, when a new president officially takes the reins because a lot of these people feel like this is the window of opportunity. If you think this Hamas attack is going to be the only time somebody tries to get squirrely, seeing how weak the United States is right now, you're wrong. I mean, China is looking right at Taiwan right now. All of these folks coming across the border that hate the United States with a passion of a million fires just waiting to do something. And we're sitting here with our thumbs up our backside. I mean, how many crises, how many international crises have, it, it seems like it's been nonstop since Biden took office, whether it's Russia and Ukraine, whether it's China, China and Taiwan, whether it's Hamas and Israel, whether it's our porous open border. The disastrous <laughs> withdrawal is, from Afghanistan. That may have been the worst right there. Um, he is the worst, most corrupt president I have ever seen in my lifetime. And it's really not even close. Like, you could say, well, Clinton was, you know, pretty corrupt, or Richard Nixon was pretty shady. You know, Joe Biden, the big guy, getting his 10% and his crime family, the worst. And it's not even close. Now, in that same interview with Martha McCallum on Fox, John Kirby <laughs> was asked if 
he still stands by what Joe Biden said a number of weeks ago that climate change is the biggest threat to society right now. I want to play this soundbite for you that is just last month in Vietnam and ask you if this still holds for the president. Watch. The only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above <laughs> 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. Given all the nuclear players in these two areas where we are now engaged on, does the president stand by that comment? Absolutely, he does. Climate change is an existential threat. It could, you know, it actually threatens and is capable of wiping out all human life on Earth. Well, boy, that 1.5 degree increase, boy, you better start inviting China. You better start invading India because they don't give two craps about climate change. They're one of the worst out. Putters is is that a word? They're they're one of the worst <laughs> offenders and emitters, uh, carbon footprints on the face of this planet. That is so stupid. That guy's an admiral for God's sake. Imagine watching oh, these videos I can't of stand it. beheadings, babies being tortured and murdered, axe attacks, and trying to tell these grieving family members this may be bad, but climate change is worse. You have to be out of your mind. And the people that believe that are out of their is, mind. Is AOC writing down Kirby's copping points for him? <laughs> and what's frustrating, though, is there are people that agree with that. That's an admiral, for God's sake. And their vote counts the same as yours. Let that sink in for just a little bit. No, I'm not going to let it sink in. Now, in a separate interview, because Kirby was doing the rounds, he's like the sacrificial lamb the Biden administration oh. throws out there. He went on with ABC. And George Stephanopoulos, one of the great butt sniffers of the DNC of all time, George Snuffleupagus. And Kirby says that there's no evidence that Iran was involved. And how much more do we know about how deeply involved Iran was in the initial planning of this attack? No evidence that says that they were involved specifically with these attacks and participating, planning, resourcing. That said, George, clearly uh, they have supported Hamas now for many, many years, resourcing, training, capabilities, uh, certainly rhetorically in just the last uh, 24 hours. Uh, they've been supporting what Hamas does. So there's a degree of complicity by Iran. But again, no specific tactical evidence that says they were involved in these attacks. He, on one side of his mouth, he said, yeah, there's no specific resource and training. We don't have any specifics. But uh, Iran has been known to give resource and training to Hamas. Did you hear what he just did there? Right. Exactly. We don't have any evidence that they did resource and training to Iran. But they have been known to give resources and training to Iran. <laughs> and on the subject <laughs> of resources, this $6 billion that a lot of people have brought up, okay, technically still sitting in an account but it's in, basically the Iranians can use it whenever they want. The United States has not frozen that yet. They have seen the same videos that we've all seen. And the United States has not frozen those assets yet. Why on God's green earth would you not freeze that money right now after these reports from the Wall Street Journal and even Hamas coming out yeah. saying the Iranians yes. had a hand in all of this. Freeze it. Freeze the assets now. What the hell is wrong? Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this 
anything. All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You tell us flat out, straight up, is the story anything or not? Is this anything? A mom on TikTok has been racking up the hits with a video explaining how she got her toddlers to actually help with the household chores. I have raised my kids on how to be helpful in the house and do chores, and I'm gonna explain to you the very first chore that I gave my kids when they were two and three. I taught my kids how to scrape their food in the trash and put their plate in the sink. And it came because I was watching this Daniel the Tiger episode. Everything that he did, he just sang songs about it. So I said, guys, every time you finish your food, guess what we're gonna do? Scrape your food in the trash, put your plate in the sink. And they loved it. after dinner, I'd always say, guys, what do we do? And they'd be like, scrape your food in the trash, put your plate in the sink. Uh, they are five and six now, and they always clear the table. See. I don't even have to say it anymore. They just know that it's what they do. You know what? I was going to roll my eyes. I'm like, yeah, this is a kind of lame content you get on TikTok, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm, I'm really starting to think that she's way ahead of her game. She's better than at it than my wife and I are. We're just <laughs> now starting to get into the chore phase of the relationship with our kids. And they're 11 and 9. We started late. We were kind of bad about it. Like, we'd pick up after the kids instead of telling them to clean the basement. It's just easier for me to go down there and clean the basement by myself and put on a podcast, Uh, make the beds, do the dishes, pull the uh, trash cans out from the curb. We're we're just now getting to that stage. to get an allowance now, but it should have been done a lot sooner. But now, though, since it. you haven't done it in the past, now it's, you can use it as punishment. Well, it's, it's yeah, and they think of it as a punishment. Good. You know? You got to let that, them know who the boss is, Nige. I, I know, and it's like, you know, picking up after, picking their clothes on the floor and putting it in the hamper. No, don't. My wife and I was, I just did it by habit on accident the other week, uh, last week, picked up some of Connor's PJs and put them in the hand. No, let Connor do that. That's his job from now on. And we've been kind of, as both of us, just because I think we're working parents, I think it's just easier for us to just take care of it ourselves, screw it. Let the, I'll, I'll go out there and listen to a podcast and clean the garage or something like that. Or, I think or, you, you know, need to channel your inner Bob Knight I, next I, time I, that happens. If you're not going to recover, Connor, <laughs> if you're just going to let him drive right by you, I'll make you run till you can't have supper. Did you, did, did, did this lady, I mean, did you start making your kids do chores at two or three years old? Oh, there was a fight. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my oldest one specifically, uh, my youngest one, his OCD kicks in. Like, he starts making yeah. his own bed. His room is immaculate. Like, hell, he could clean the whole house. But my oldest, yeah. Chris, we, we would bump heads a little bit, and I have to go out there and just go full Bob Knight. <laughs> but, but now man, he lives on his own, man, and he's awesome. Uh, well, yeah, because it's, it's its own crap. It's not right. somebody else's. Not somebody else taking care of him. It's like one of the other big ones is like, Daddy, can you make me a water bottle? Yeah, sure, I'll go make you a water bottle. I'm like, go get your own water bottle. You're nine years old now. You can do it. I'm not here to mess around this week. <laughs> now, you may be, but I'm not. Yeah, something probably where we could have been doing a little bit better as parents is that aspect, sure. Is this anything? A British guy not happy after finding... A screw in his KFC when he went to eat his fries. Oh, man. He claims that the restaurant took 48 hours to initially reply to him. And since he sent them a photo of the screw, they've been radio silent. Yeah, this is something. Actually, I have uh, the man's reaction right here. Um, 
I hated the colonel with his wee beady eyes <laughs> and that smug look on his face. Oh, you're going to buy my chicken. Oh. I, uh... Yeah, I don't no, believe I had, that was the British man. That, that was that was not him. Um, I, I had Mexican restaurant one time bit into a screw, like it was like a drill bit, kind of like a little replaceable drill bit that they had, and it was to go. It was carry out, so I was at home, and I didn't really do any damage to my teeth. Threw away the drill bit and kept eating. <laughs> Is that uh, pretty much par for the course for me, or would you have thrown your Chalupa away. I think I would have went back and made a scene. <laughs> you would have gotten back in. See, that's just a little too much work for me. <laughs> and we know work's not your thing. <laughs> not my thing, man. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. So Hammer, what's the deal with this guy, this guy from Indy, who's been arrested multiple times on gun charges over the past year, right? Three times in one year. So this guy had previously been arrested in March of last year on the city's northwest side for criminal recklessness. He was shooting a firearm into a building, criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon, and criminal mischief. Good enough guy. First offense. One month later, the same dude was arrested again on dealing and possession charges related to meth. He had an illegal handgun. Was charged with criminal recklessness, criminal mischief, dealing and possession of marijuana. Mm -hmm. So those were two offenses in one month's time. And now the guy has been arrested on an illegal firearm charge for the third time in a year, Nige. Now, (laughs) what's interesting (laughs) is that... Bad guy's going to get guns no matter what. That and the judge... That just keeps letting him out, that's giving him a slap on the wrist, is Jennifer P. Mm. Harrison. Mm. Where have I heard that name before? Well, this is the Holcomb-appointed judge, the same judge that gave a sweetheart deal to that guy that killed people driving 120 miles per hour, allowed him to have really low bail, which was insulting to the family of the people that lost their lives. And this is also the same Jennifer P. Harrison that gave a sweetheart deal to that redheaded nerd on the South side that killed his friends. He was allowed to basically bail out and go home and he killed multiple people. As bad as a hog said is it's uh, these judges and these prosecutors below him are even worse. Right. And, and as, how bad do you have to be that like, have Hogsett not like you. Right. Joe Hogsett right now is working around Ryan Mears when it comes to prosecuting gun crimes. Now, the fact that it's an election year has something to do with that. But still, imagine being too progressive, too soft for boss Hogsett. People are just weird. 
creep me out. I mean, I try not to get personal, but man, like you're a weirdo, Jennifer Harrison. <laughs> right. You are. That is odd behavior. A guy habitually, habitually, uh, with crimes involving guns, when m- months within each other, you. Slap on a wrist. Yeah, let him out. Slap on the wrist. Yeah, no. GPS monitor. He should be fine. He'll stay. He's a good guy. He'll get a job. And the low bail, the low, low bail she offers these people. Like, I'm not saying that bail should not be available, but if you are driving 120 miles per hour and you kill multiple people, or if you have killed three of your friends on the south side of Indianapolis, Maybe bail should either be off the table or a little bit higher because the bail on the vehicle accidents was 333 bucks per victim. Hmm. So that's all life is worth to ridiculous judges, Holcomb appointee Jennifer Harrison. So gross and disgusting. She's not the only crazy lunatic judge no, that we have in this. Not at all. And she's not the only... One that, you know, has had headlines and you look at the prosecutor's office and Ryan Mears, you look at the incompetence that's leading the Marion County Sheriff's Department. There's a reason why the Indiana State Police are calling for a complete, <laughs> you know, review and yeah. oversight of what's happening here in Marion County. I tell you, you don't need a review. I can just tell you right now, it sucks. <laughs> a story I wanted to get to yesterday, but we didn't have time with all of the, you know, breaking news coming out of Israel was this bizarre story from ESPN. So with that being said, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Let's play Is It Racist? It's time to play Is It Racist? Now, for those who are new to the Hammer and Nigel show and you're wondering, what are the rules of this game? Here to explain is AOC. Is it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no? So there's this new documentary on ESPN. And it's produced by Ibram Kendi. This is the anti-racist guy. He's the everything is racist guy. (laughs) He he wrote the the How to Be an Anti-Racist book, capitalizing on the death of George Floyd after he died. And spoiler for that book, everything inside, racist. Yeah, everything from bad grades to incarceration rates, it's all racist. And a lot of woke corporations have adopted his ideas of CRT and DEI. And now, what, you're telling me he's got a documentary on ESPN? So, he's part of this panel, and Howard Bryant is one of the panelists. He's a sports writer who, at one point, was arrested for choking his wife in public, and then ultimately, she dropped the charges. And Olympian Gwendolyn Berry, all right? Now, it's going to be Gwendolyn Berry talking about how contracts and getting paid in professional sports make them new slaves it's almost like the contracts you know are the new slave chains right (laughs) so you know you have to sign this contract and sign this document and sign this document it's like you're binded to this and then if you break that that's your livelihood that's your life so we the new slaves athletes are literally the new slaves because we need this our families our friends depend on this contract to eat (sighs) 
<laughs> Listen to the panel. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That, Athletes that, are the new slaves. That aired on ESPN? Of course it did. I don't know why I'm surprised by that, but comparing slavery, uh, which was horrific and awful and you know, just to signing contracts that would make you a millionaire. And is, wealthy is beyond your dreams. That, that just diminishes dismiss, diminishes what happened during um, the times of slavery in this country. And Absolutely. this isn't the first time it's happened. Remember, Colin Kaepernick said the NFL Combine was like a slave auction, even though everybody there is competing for million-dollar contracts from the National Football League. Like, if they're trying to make this argument repeatedly, like if somebody sent out the bullet points, all right, this year, we're going to compare slavery to sports and contracts, they're losing the public opinion battle, because nobody thinks that's the case. Zero. Does anybody feel like LeBron James, who has signed big contract after big contract, is a slave? I don't think so. This is the most ridiculous, over-the-top thing, and it's par for the course for ESPN. Now, we brought up Israel a little bit earlier. We'll have an update coming up here a little bit after 5. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, he rolled out the state of Florida's plan for increased sanctions that Florida is putting on the Iranians. So we are going to roll out for the next legislative session a proposal to increase Florida's sanction on Iran and to block Iranian business in our state. Our proposed legislation will, of course, reinforce Florida's commitment that we don't do business with state sponsors of terrorism such as Iran. It's going to expand the prohibition on state investment in Iranian businesses to include the financial, construction, manufacturing, textile, technology, mining, metals, shipping, shipbuilding, and port sectors. We're going to prohibit state and local governments from contracting with any company on this expanded sectors list. And we will not lift these sanctions until both the president and the U.S. Congress certify that Iran has stopped supporting international terrorism. These will be, by far, the strongest Iran sanctions that any state has enacted of all 50 states. And then meanwhile, you have the United States federal government giving, handing over $6 billion <laughs> worth of uh, uh, Iranian uh, money that they confiscated and don't you think wouldn't you like to hear joe biden come out and say something like that about iran how about freezing the six billion you can do that you now because if his argument is it, he, we gave them the money before the attack all right it's still saying in account freeze the six billion dollars now but they're not doing that well i and and biden didn't even mention iran in his statement today no, 11 minutes, no questions, did not bring up Iran. Yeah, we'll have I, a little I, bit more I, on that coming up. Okay. Sam or Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Powerball jackpot, baby. 1.73 bill. Let's go. Let's go. That would be the second largest in the history of the game. No one uh, brought home the numbers last night. And uh, I'm ready. Going to buy some tickets? I think I'm going for it. So what I think we all need right now to get us into the mood is another classic edition 
of great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. <laughs> Hammer and Nigel present great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Sir, can I ask you what your lucky numbers are? Uh, I'm going to pick 14, 24, 2, 7, and 15. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. <laughs> oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. I mean, I think if you go into the line of people buying lottery tickets, you're going to get that answer at some point, and right? And what was the, the response from the reporter? Oh, that's not good. Well, maybe it's not good for you, lady. <laughs> right. He's not taking your money to buy the hookers and cocaine. Maybe, maybe just maybe, that's good for him. That's what <laughs> he wants to do. It mellows him out a little bit. Right. If you have two consenting adults that are exchanging cash for pleasure... And you were able to come across some um, some blow, so to speak. You know what? More to you, my man. More power to you. It's a free country. It's illegal. It can get you thrown in jail. Sure. I wouldn't do it. At least not the... Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, that's not good. And the thing is, that guy meant it. Like, if oh, you watch yeah. the video, that wasn't like somebody trying to go viral. Like he didn't, he, he didn't, like, give the camera a wink. You know what I mean? Like, right. smiled, like, just kind of like he was joking. He was dead serious. <laughs> uh, on the subject of money... So, MGM, the big gaming, gambling company out in Las Vegas, they got hit with a cyber attack about a month ago. And the thing is, MGM caved to the cyber terrorists and paid them money to basically allow the hotels to function again. They're now claiming it cost the company $100 million. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, like, we had a cybersecurity expert on, uh, I remember last year, that said these, these people that do this... They have like 1-800 numbers. They have help centers. Like if you need help, you know, transferring the money or if you have a specific question, they have. And these people, these lunatics to do this are like really polite. They have like a, a call center, for God's sake. Right. You know, if, if, if the code you put in to transfer the money doesn't work, oh, I'll help you with that, sir. It's just that easy. $100 million. Because at one point... Keep in mind, these are not just Motel 6s we're talking about here. We're talking about these amazing resorts on the Las Vegas Strip that are owned by MGM. The Bellagio and, you know, MGM Grand and all these places. They were taking down your room number by hand, writing your credit card number down by hand, hoping to bill you later. Their systems were shut down. But I'm not going to lie. Wow. Does this make me a horrible person? There's a part of me that was like... Uh, that's what you bastards get for all these resort fees you shove down our throats oh. all the time. The resort fees in Vegas are re so, so damn awful. ridiculous. Like, if you stay at a place like the Flamingo, it's one of the cheaper places on the Strip, but I love it. It's there in the middle. The resort fees are often more than the room. What? Have you been back since you went during COVID? I've not. I've not been back you, since you the COVID You had a pretty year. bad COVID experience. 
uh, in in Vegas because I mean you got obviously a really good deal. Yeah, we got a suite there. basically for free. Airline travel was really cheap, so we got out there and it was like a hundred and ten. Like it was October and it was hotter than hell, but they made you wear a mask while you're sitting out at the pool outdoors. You mean like like you know getting up from your chair and going to the bathroom? You had to put a mask on. No, if you're just sitting on your chair outside by the pool, you had to have a mask on. <laughs> what? Now, here's the science. What? If you got in the water, you could take it off. <laughs> but if you got out of the water and just got back on your chair, then you had to put a mask on. Outdoors, 110 degrees. Holy God almighty. It was brutal, that was, that They were actually having to tell people... Um, I, the, we took our kids to the Interactive Academy for like for swim lessons, and the teachers there had to wear masks in the water while they were teaching our kids how to swim. Back That's in incredibly dangerous. I, I would think so. Yes, unbelievable. I, I know, I, my kid's fine. You can take your mask off. No, it's policy. We had to wear it. No, it's a drowning hazard. Yeah. Take the mask off in the water. <laughs> hey, real quick before we hit a break, uh, I know the news cycle is filled with sad, tragic news, but. If you're looking for a reason to celebrate tonight, if you're looking for a reason to crack open a cold one with friends, happy 69th birthday to David Lee Roth. No way. My favorite Van Halen front man. I know we differ on that. Yeah. I'm a Van Halen guy with David Lee Roth. But in honor of Diamond Dave's birthday, here is his vocals of Running With The Devil isolated. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I live my life like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> and all I've got, I had to steal. Least I don't need to beg or borrow. <laughs> yes, I'm living at a pace that kills. Oh, here comes my favorite parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock More than uh, 1,600 people have been killed in Israel. Be killed, is it the right word? Massacred, slaughtered, probably more appropriate. The number of Americans killed is now up to 14, I believe. I just saw the latest hammer now. An unknown number of Americans are remaining, uh, have remained missing, and we don't know if they're hostages or not, which is really scary. Joe Biden earlier today spoke briefly. He was like an hour and 20 minutes late for this speech that only lasted 11 minutes, did not take any questions, did not bring up Iran's role in the whole situation. But Joe Biden did talk about American hostages. We now know that American citizens are among those being held by Hamas. I've directed my team to share intelligence and deploy additional experts from across the United States government to consult with and advise Israeli counterparts on hostage recovery recovery efforts. And coming up, 
probably in about 30 minutes from right now, our friend Brian Alvey is going to join us from the Warrior 110. And he's got a military background. He used to be a badass. At, still is. <laughs> totally still is. <laughs> uh, but he's going to share his perspective on whether or not the United States should send special forces in to rescue the hostages. How dangerous of a mission would that be? We're going to get his perspective coming up. I, mean, I, I, I don't, you know, his perspective is more probably uh, legitimate than mine would be, but I would say yes. I mean, American soldiers need to work with uh, Israeli, the IDF, um, and and get those Americans out, along with the rest of the hostages. Right. And Nige, one are. of the things that we've been talking about for a while is that you're going to see a lot of countries that hate America try to get over on the United States between now and the next presidential election. This is their window of opportunity because they view Joe Biden as a joke. They're not scared of Joe Biden. They're not scared of the United States military and the leadership of the military right now. So it was, I don't know if encouraging is the right word, to hear Joe Biden kind of talk tough to the rest of the world. Let me say again to any country, any organization, anyone thinking of taking advantage of this situation, I have one word. Don't. Don't. Now, I'm not going to lie, because we've seen Joe Biden do this. When he said, I've got one word, I was waiting for him to say like three or four. That's kind of where the bar (laughs) has been set with Joe Biden. But, man... Well, the other part that I liked that he said was, like, we stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. None of this, we need to de-escalate. None of this, uh, you know... I mean, Israel has every right to do whatever they need to do to defend themselves and go rescue the people that are, you know... There's lunatic congresswomen, the squad, hanging pro-Palestinian flags outside their doors. Um, And I was actually stunned to see today... Uh, that uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre <laughs> called the statements by members of Congress who have equivocated between Palestinian Hamas terrorists and Israel, quote, wrong, repugnant, and disgraceful. She added, there are not two sides here. So, And you know what? Here's the thing, though, man. I, I see what Biden's trying to do, and I hear what Corrine Jean-Pierre's trying to do, but what's more repugnant, Rashida Tlaib putting up a flag or not freezing the $6 billion in assets that you went out of your way to give to Iran, who had a major role in what happened to these innocent people in Israel? So talk is cheap, man. I'm sorry. I like Joe Biden telling everybody, hey, we support Israel. That's great. I guess I'm just I'm I'm glad there's a bipartisan effort to to support our ally over there. Yes, I understand totally what you're saying, though. But are we really supporting our ally (laughs) when we don't freeze six billions of dollars to the world's largest state sponsor of terror? Ilhan Omar. Reminder. Gaza doesn't have shelters or an iron dome, and please pray for them. Well, Gaza, (laughs) you know, the iron dome that protects Israel, and if you've seen those rockets at night flying over from Gaza into Israel and the iron dome gets every one of those rockets, it's pretty stunning and amazing sight to see. 
Gaza doesn't have, you know, I'm sorry, uh, the gloves are off. The gloves are off, man. They've shut down the border of Gaza. Nobody's gotten through. They found about, what did you say, about 1,500 Hamas terrorists dead? Stacked up. In Israel? Yes. Just kind of makes you wonder how long they've been there in the first place. Right. And how many might still be hiding out somewhere in there. So that's the problem. It's good news, bad news, right? Good news, 1,500 dead terrorists. The bad news, they were able to get in there in the first place, and how many are left? And that problem translates into our country as well. So on the subject of Joe Biden, according to NBC News, President Biden has been interviewed as part of the investigation into his handling of classified documents being led by the special counsel, Robert Herr. A White House spokesman says the voluntarily interviewed Biden took place a couple days ago. So Joe Biden sat down with the investigators, and I'm sure they were just as tough on him as they were with Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I I can't see anything happening to Joe, Joe Biden, even after he leaves his presidency over this thing. No indictments coming down for Biden anytime soon. Now... What's interesting here is the interview does raise the possibility that the special counsel's investigation might be nearing its end. The one in regards to Joe Biden being led up by his Euchre partner, his BFF, the guy he wears Funderwear with, Merrick Garland, the attorney general. Because Garland appointed her to oversee this handling of the Biden uh, classified documents, which are way more egregious than anything Donald Trump has had. They were in a freaking garage where the door was open a lot, a known crack-smoking drug user coming and going all the time. And we mentioned earlier, oh, by the way, there's an investigation into an Iran mole that may have got some sort of compromising information on the United States government, all under the watch of Joe Biden. But I'm sure these investigators are going to be really tough when they interview him, because in my mind, Nige, it's going to be like that scene in Back to School, where Rodney Dangerfield's character, he's provided a lot of money to the university, and one guy wants him gone, and the other guy doesn't. Yeah, this is how the Biden investigation's going. Oh, golly. Uh, I'm afraid we have a potentially unpleasant situation on our hands here. Phil, would you repeat to Mr. Mellon the allegations that you've made to me? I'm accusing you of fraud. Fraud is such an ugly word. Morton, I'm only going to ask you this one time. Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. I'm satisfied. That's how it's going to play out. That is 100% how the Joe Biden investigation with the special counsel is going to play out. Did you do it? Nope. Nope. I'm satisfied. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Allison, was it you that was saying that one of the Jenners is in town today or in Bloomington somewhere? I believe it was Kendall, right? Kendall is down some in... bottles of her tequila. Bloomington, yeah, down at B-Town. And Random. She, and she's, I mean, that's part of the whole Kardashian 
circle, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. She's an attractive woman. Yeah. And then Brody Jenner is her brother. These yes. are all these are all Caitlyn's kids. Side of the family, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Brody Jenner. Just so we got so we're all clear here on that. Brody Jenner posted a YouTube video showing that when he's out of milk for his coffee, he just grabs a bag of his fiance's breast milk. Oh. He okay. And, he and Tia have a newborn baby. Here they are having a cup while in bed with their baby honey. All right, so I just came out to make us both some coffee, and we are out of almond milk. But I did find one thing. Now, I hear great things about breast milk. I hear it's very nutritious. I hear it's very delicious. I think it'll do. No, it'll really be really good for you. You want some, too? <laughs> it's freaking delicious. It just tastes like coffee. <laughs> Using breast milk in Brody Jenner's coffee, are you okay with this, Hammer? Yes, I am. Oh. I am okay with this. There's that old expression, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Well, when you run out of milk <laughs> and you got a couple fun bags laying around and you can fill up your coffee and still get the job done, I see nothing wrong with that. It's not like he was using a lot. This wasn't like some sort of gallon challenge where he was trying to chug all of it or put it oh, into like so his gross. Cocoa Krispies or something. That was his creamer. Yeah, yeah, just needed a little creamer in there. And let's be honest, if he's seen old Caitlin walking around maybe without a towel, he's <laughs> certainly seen grosser stuff. So I'm actually all right with this one. I wonder if this is a normal thing, though, a common thing with couples. Did they do this? At Hammer and Nigel, if you've ever used your wife's breast milk for anything other than feeding your kid. Did uh, your better half ever leave any uh, breast milk laying around? Yeah, she pumped. Yeah, we definitely had in reserve. I never touched it. I never used it for anything. I never did. Did it make like an Irish coffee and mix it in a little bit? It didn't even occur to me to use my wife's breast milk for creamer as a replacement. No. All right, moving along. At Hammer and Nigel, though, I'd like to know if anybody's used their wife's breast milk for something like that. Two raccoons were stuck inside of a dumpster in Canada when a couple took the time to help rescue both of the animals. Here is the moment that both of the raccoons were able to meet their way out with help from the couple. Yes! 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 yes. Oh, no. Good job! Good job! Hey, your brother's over there! Good job! Good job! Bye. Are you okay with uh, the couple helping the coons out of the dumpster? No, because raccoons are jerks. Raccoons are. are jerks, man. And I'm willing to bet the raccoons were mean when this couple finally let them out. There was no thank you. There was no look of, oh my God, you saved my life. I bet the raccoons were probably angry and try to scratch and hiss at these people. They're trash pandas, Nigel. They, That's what they are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've had problems with that. We can't, like, we usually keep our trash cans in our garage for some reason we had to keep them in our driveway for a few weeks because some stuff was going on and we actually got the hoa letter no no gas no trash cans in your driveway that's ridiculous every night every night raccoons would actually get up on top of these things lift the lids out yeah trash um you know because we closed the lids it's a hinged lid and they'd get into it yeah i have to put a brick on top of ours because ours are outside we don't have to deal with the (laughs) hoa i have to put a brick on the top of my trash can because those rotten no good trash pandas will get in there and create a ruckus we uh we're getting some work done on our house and we had a big dumpster out in our driveway 
and we get home one day and and connor climbs up and looks over the dumpster and says dad there's a raccoon in there it's one of these giant dumpsters right for like house demolitions and stuff right, like right. that i go no there's not i get up there and i look scared the crap out of me he's like he went, he's right like, down there at the bottom i'm like how are we gonna get this thing out of there and i what i ended up doing is taking a very long two by four and setting it out there so the thing could climb up. Oh, look out. at you going he, MacGyver. He immediately got out like that, ran off. You're MacGyver. Yeah. That's who you are. More than 20 inmates at a correctional facility in California are graduating this week with associate's degrees in sociology and liberal arts. Here is inmate Derek Adams talking about the feeling of graduating and doing something better and positive with his life. I have two associate's degrees and I was just recently accepted to the University of California at Irvine to pursue my bachelor's. I never completed my freshman year of high school. Uh, I'm serving a life sentence. I have the eligibility for parole in about eight years. I never had the dreams or aspirations to even think about higher education. So it's of note, this guy was put in prison with a life sentence for murder. Are you okay with all of this? So let me get this straight. Even though my oldest has received multiple scholarships and those types of things to make college more affordable, I still scratch a check <laughs> that has a lot of zeros on it for him to get a degree. This guy is a murderer. He took someone's life in a criminal fashion and he's getting it for free no i'm not okay with this like i understand the justice system you can't just lock people up like animals you have to let them outside you got to feed them fine whatever but this guy's bragging and rubbing it in your face i killed a guy and i'm getting a free education <laughs> that sucks um i mean any any points for being rehabilitated no, you killed a guy. Well, he just said he was he's, he's up for parole in eight years. Oh, well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> for you. The free education while you're in prison. I, on the other hand, have not killed a guy. <laughs> and you're paying for college. And I'm paying for college. <laughs> All right, one more here. A high school principal in Louisiana has asked for a leave of absence for the rest of the year after he faced backlash for punishing a student seen dancing at an off-campus party in a way he deemed inappropriate uh i will let you fill in the details here hammer and are you okay with this so there's a lot going on here so high school student seemed like she was a pretty decent gal she was part of student government she had multiple scholarships coming her way she's a senior she went to some off-campus party and she was dancing it wasn't like she was hitting a bong it wasn't like she was having sex was she twerking she may have been twerking, <gasps> and the principal said that that was inappropriate behavior. Can you hear me clutching my pearls? You're a member of the student government. You're a senior in this class. How dare you twerk at a party? Well, her classmates rallied to her support. They had a big walkout. They had a big protest. She didn't do anything wrong. And now the principal at the school is, air quotes, voluntarily stepping down for the rest of the year. Ah, so you're good with, with her? I'm good with the way that this whole thing played out because she got her scholarships back. She got to go back and be a member of the student government at school. Her students came to her support, and it sounds like the 
school district, not just this principal, but the superintendent and everybody else said the principal handled this the wrong way. It wasn't like she woke up with the Hunter Biden crack pipe in her mouth. (laughs) That's not what happened here. Somebody turned on the thong song. She started dirty dancing, man, dirty dancing a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. So good for her. The principal sweet mother of God. Was this, you know, the pastor from Footloose? Was it John Lithgow? Was he the principal at this school? Unbelievable. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Our friend Brian Alvey from the Warrior 110. It's about that time of year where Mr. Alvey hits out on the road to raise some awareness for some of the folks that have served this country. Mr. Alvey, I want to talk about the Warrior 110 in just a moment, but I want to use your background as a military badass. I just want to get your perspective on what you're seeing with Israel. Um, You know... Wow. Uh, I mean, watching a lot of the videos of what's, uh, what's taking place there right now, it's, it's pretty hard to watch. The disgusting atrocity. Hamas is absolutely a terrorist organization. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. I was glad to see that. I mean, my opinion, maybe it was just lip service. I know that uh, releasing the $6 billion to Iran that funded this wasn't super great, but uh, the president did say he was going to stand by Israel. Uh, I know that uh, France and, uh, and England and a few other countries did immediately as well, so that's great. Um, you know, I, I, as, as our nation with our armed forces, you know, there's a lot of uh, discussion as to whether we should support this uh, defense of uh, Israel right now. I would say if we have, you know, U.S. citizens in harm's way over there, we absolutely should do something maybe on, on the level of, a, you know, a soft unit, special operation forces units, uh, do what we need to do to protect and uh, and save our uh, American citizens. But direct military action, I, I don't think is a good idea. I don't think our administration, honestly, is uh, strong enough uh, to support something like that currently. Yeah, and uh, I don't maybe. think Israel wants it. They just want the yeah. help. They want the uh, the size and the force of the strength of the military. That's why those aircraft carriers are along yeah. the shore. But you are saying that if there are, there are indeed American hostages being held by Hamas right now, there needs to be American boots on the ground. And, I, I always feel like we have an obligation to uh, to uh, protect our citizenry. Uh, you know that goes back for years. You know with hostage situations throughout the Middle East in the past. Um, I, you know I don't take a passive approach to that. In my mindset, I think we go in and we get our people every time, every single time. We leave no one behind. Um, as far as actual military, I think we can do definitely do some things through support, especially with intel and things of that nature, where we can assist uh, Israel. But 
but as far as just getting involved in a direct action direct action war right now uh, I just I don't think we're in a place to be able to do that to be honest so Brian based off of your background and again you've told this story on our show before you've done a lot of top secret you know things <laughs> to put it mildly for the United States military how dangerous of a mission would it be to send special forces to Israel or the Gaza Strip to try to rescue American hostages well, I wouldn't have phrased it that way, but I appreciate that. <laughs> now, I, you know, I, I spent my time in the military and whatnot, but if we were to send in some sort of a soft component, I mean, these guys are the best in the world. I mean, they're amazing, but uh, the inherent date, the risk is absolutely there. It'd be an incredibly dangerous mission for them. Uh, that's what they train for. That's what they do. That's what they're so great at. Uh, but, uh, yeah, make... Uh, Make no bones about it. It would be an incredibly what's, dangerous mission. What's a soft component? What's that mean? Well, uh, special operations forces. You know, uh, you know our special. There are okay. United States Army special forces, soft. Marines, special operations, okay. uh, Marshals, Seals. Those those folks. And one more thing here before we move on to the Warrior One Ten. For somebody that isn't somebody that watches the news all the time, right? Israel's military, this isn't like Ukraine, where they can't take care of themselves. Israel's military is kind of a badass. Oh, I think, and from what I understand, they're already on the offense. I mean, uh, the Israeli Defense Force, the Israeli military is one of the most lethal and badass militaries that this nation or this planet has ever known. Uh, you want to talk about tiny but tough. I mean, those guys are amazing. So they're they're definitely they picked a fight with the wrong yeah. guys. I, they're they're going to get a fight back. Israel does not mess around. They do not they do not uh, drag their feet uh, they they bring it and they bring it hard when you come at them so good luck to the guys that uh, decided to take it on them it was a good idea all right the warrior 110 uh we've been talking about it for a number of years you have been the face of this event that raises awareness and funds for some veterans tell us about it so this will be our fifth annual walk. Uh, it started with, uh, you know, in the banks of the Ohio River. We ruck up, you know, we put our rucksacks on, and we marched uh, what was a 110 miles to Franklin, Indiana, where I live, uh, culminating at an establishment that I used to own here in Franklin called the Mint. And uh, and it's it's grown. We do a lot of events throughout the year to raise awareness and funds for combat veterans struggling with post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injuries. Just this last uh, May. We did a big MMA mixed martial arts uh, event here in uh, Johnson County uh, Armory in Franklin, and we're getting veterans doing jujitsu for the therapeutic benefit of, of getting out there on the mats. It's it's been amazing for guys that are struggling and with post traumatic stress. And uh, so, but our cornerstone event is always the big rock march in the fall. We always do it culminating through uh, Veterans Day week. This year, we actually get to finish a Saturday. Veterans Day is on Saturday. We're going to finish on Veterans. Day for the first time, um, and we're going to take it up a notch. Uh, I'm still working out all the logistics and everything of when exactly we take off and where, but this year we are starting in Louisville. We're across the Ohio River, and we're going to take it right there to your guys' backyard, right across from your offices, and we're going to finish on the circle. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, amazing. 110 plus, plus, plus. So, so uh, what can our listeners do? Like somebody listening right now that's like, you know what? I want to so show my support. I want to help out. What can they do? 
Well, I always say go to our website. We're always raising funds. There's a mechanism there for to donate. Uh, the Warrior110.org. That's the Warrior110.org. You can find us on Facebook as well. Search for the Warrior110. Find us there. Please help uh, boost our Facebook. Unfortunately, we had so many American flags on that uh, on that page that we got uh, quote unquote shadow banned a couple years ago. So we really have to push hard to get that out there. Um, apparently, they thought we were political. We were 100% a political organization. We're about our veterans. That's it. But uh, go into our website. Go to our Facebook page. Reach out to us. We, you know, there we go straight up US 31 for the most part. So people along the way, you know, they're stopping, giving us water, stuff like that. We'll we'll be the the, the crazies marching up, carrying big American flags uh, all the way up 31 from uh, Louisville to Indianapolis this year throughout the week, uh, the second week of March, sixth through uh, 11th, and then. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing and sharing you know if we post something on facebook share it put it out there you know um get it out there you know just get the, our mission is to bring awareness to the effects of post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries that so many combat veterans struggle with today so smarter guys than us you know the doctors of the world can continue to have the opportunities to work on what what cures this problem if that makes any sense to you guys absolutely and when you guys get on the road and you start getting a little closer here to central indiana give us a call man uh, give us an update on where you're at and we'll get some wibc listeners out there absolutely guys i look forward to talking to you guys have always been incredibly good to us and we uh, as always greatly appreciate it brian alvey the warrior 110 brian thank you so much thank you guys it's the hammer and nigel show you set them up and i'll knock them back lloyd one by one it's a new study out of Sweden, Hammer, found that new fathers who take paternity leave have a significantly reduced risk of being hospitalized due to alcohol consumption. <laughs> So fathers who go on a paternity leave, they have a lower risk of being raging alcoholics? I I guess so. I mean, this goes pretty extreme. I thought this was going to say have a fathers who take paternity leave have a significantly reduced risk of overconsumption or something like that. This takes it right to being hospitalized due to uh, acute alcohol poisoning. Now, what about those who have to take paternity tests? If you have to take a paternity <laughs> test, I'm I, willing to bet you probably have yeah. done a little bit of boozing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the idea is that more time dads spend acclimating to child rearing rather than struggling to simultaneously juggle work and parenting, the less likely they are to use liquor as a crutch. I think I used it more of a crutch when I had our first. (laughs) I could have had any of our kids without it in the first place. Right. In Sweden, listen to this. In Sweden, parents can use up to 480 days of job-protected paid leave together. Good Lord. 390 days are reimbursed at around 80% of the parents' income, while the other 90 are paid at a universal flat rate. That's the way they roll in Sweden. So they have 480 days of time off, or as we call it around here, pulling a Nigel. <laughs> Is that what we call it around here? I wasn't aware that's what we all call it around here. They don't call it to your face. Oh, they're my face, behind my back. I'm your friend, so I'll say it right now, to your in face. In the United States, there is no law, federal law anyway, guaranteeing paid parental leave. 
individual states like California, Jersey, and New York have uh, paid parental leave. I think my wife got three months or something like that with both kids. How long did Mayor Pete take off? Because <laughs> old Mayor Pete feels like he uh, was gone for a while. I think it was about half a year. Wasn't it? It felt like it. But then again, how would you know if he's gone? Because even when he's there, things go to hell. I didn't, with our kids, I didn't have any sort of paternity leave uh, along with my wife. She, Like I said, she did. She got about three months with each kid. But I took like, yeah, I had to use vacation days. I took right. like a week. I just took a week off. I probably could, she probably could have used me for more, but I'm like, sorry, I had a days back then, you know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, use the same thing. Vacation time of my own, you know, a crew and took a couple days off and then back to the grind. But uh, yeah, old Mayor Pete, man, he and Chaston, they were gone for a while. But <laughs> then again, did anybody really know? It's like that story of a tree falling in the forest. If it doesn't make a yeah. sound, how do you know? Because <laughs> things suck when he's there and they probably sucked when he was gone. Survey. The most popular alcoholic drinks in America, beer, hard liquor, and red wine. Red wine specifically. Okay. Okay. I and mean, I, I would say my favorite out of those three, <sighs> you got to make me choose between beer and liquor. If I had to drink one for the rest of my life, probably be probably liquor. Really? I mean, yeah. I like a good Miller Beer light. before liquor, never sicker. Liquor, liquor before, before beer clear. in the clear. clear. Yes, yes, yes. I wish we had a little bit more information in regards to this survey, because hard liquor is such a big, broad category. Like, we're talking whiskey or tequila or vodka. Like, let's rank all these things out a little bit more. Like, I need some more information in this, uh, because I think beer would be number one. What's your favorite hard alcoholic? Tequila. Tequila. I love tequila, man. Put that stuff in the freezer. The good kind. Not the crap we used to drink in our 20s. 100% agave, silver, tequila, blanco. The hiatus. Oh, Oh, so good. The hiatus, man. We have some of that in the back office. We don't even need to put that in the freezer. No. It goes down smooth and warm. Even Allison will have a shot of that with us from time to time. Right. So, in honor of this survey about the most popular alcoholic drinks being beer, hard liquor, and wine, can we wrap up this break doing a good old-fashioned CSI joke? A a CSI joke. Explain what that is. So, the way that the show CSI used to come on was David Caruso's character would say something really cheesy, (laughs) put on his sunglasses, and the music would kick on. Okay, I got it. All right. And I'm going to do my best Caruso impression, which is not very good. Here we go. Beer, hard liquor, and red wine, also known as... Joe Hogsett's breakfast. (laughs) We don't know that for sure. Allegedly. We we don't know that he likes red wine. (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel show.